Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number nine. This is the Rama Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the number one thing that God hates. And you're probably asking yourself, well, why can God, why does God hate something I thought he was only love? Well, he hates this corruption in us, just as he hates a rattlesnake that threatens the safety of his child. Um, It's his love for man and his compassion for us that prompts God to hate these things because we are his children. And we're going to get into that today. And also, um, I wanted to share a little verse before we get started. It says, to love the Lord is to hate what is evil. And that just means if you love God's law, because he is the one who created the universe, he is the one that has the power to create, he is the only one that has the power to create, and he will only be the one to ever have the power to create. So we follow his law, and when we think law, we, we get kind of scared because we're like, oh no, someone's trying to control us. But this is the person who created us who created physics, who created chemistry, who created atoms, who created elements, who created chemical reactions, who created physical reactions. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what's best for us. So he hates this corruption and this darkness and this deceitfulness and this sin in us because someone is after our soul. I picture Satan as the rattlesnake, and he is the author of lies, and he is coming after us because we have eternal souls. But we are the ones that are in this life-or-death fight for our soul because we're special, because we're God's children, because he made us to be his children and made us to be embodiments of his love and light. So without further ado, let's get into the number one thing that God hates. So I'll first start off by reading you the seven things God hates, and then we'll dive a little deeper into each one. But these come from the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 16. It says, there are seven things God hates. Number one, haughty eyes. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Number five, feet that are swift to run to evil. Number six, a false witness who spreads lies. Number seven, one who sows discord amongst brethren. So let's get into number one, which is the haughty eyes. Haughty eyes, what does that mean? Um, Being haughty is another word for arrogant, pride, believing that you are more valuable than others, that your soul is more valuable than others. It means lacking respect for others, and respect is that... um, is a mutual thing between two beings of, hey, I recognize your soul and that it's not worth more than mine and vice versa. We are all on the same level. So God hates pride because he is the opposite of pride. He is agape, which means selfless, selfless love. Pride is actually what caused Lucifer's fall. How can you be in the presence of God when you have pride? It's just the truth. Pride is like <clears throat> poison, is like the poisonous vine of thorns that will choke the eternal life out of you. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says pride will always be followed by shame. So pride has no other agenda other than to make you feel shameful and to make you feel guilty because it's not God's law. Again, it's not what you were meant for and it's not good for you. It doesn't bring eternal life. So Merriam-Webster defines shame as an intense, painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt. So it's knowing that you've done wrong. How do you know you've done wrong? Because someone has implanted in you what the right thing to do is and you're not doing it. 
Pride is not an attribute of God. If we are embodiments of God's love and light, how can we be ambassadors of him if we have pride? So God hates pride because it's a rattlesnake coming after our souls. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So there is the sentence. God opposes the proud. He says, turn away from me. But the ones who have humility, he gives his grace. And grace is being forgiven when you don't deserve it. Also, him dying on the cross was the greatest act of love and humility and agape love that we could see with our very own eyes. So then again, he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. So number two is a lying tongue. Um, Where do we learn to lie? Children distinctively lie without being taught. That means it comes from within us. Our hearts are broken in the way that we fall off the path. We're a fallen race. So greed, pride, embezzlement, slander, broken promises, all of those things come out of a broken, lying heart. So I believe that when Adam first sinned, that opened the door to our brokenness. So brokenness are the attributes of everything that are not God. And we all can objectively identify which attributes are godly and which attributes are ungodly and lead to discomfort, distress, and death. So Jesus, why, why do we have broken hearts? Why do we have damaged hearts? Jesus said in John eight forty four that Satan is the father of lies. So that means that he literally is the creator of lies. Lies did not exist until he made that conscious decision to be prideful, which is, again, thinking that you're more valuable than others. God cannot have that around him because he is completely selfless. So James says in James 3, verse 7, that people can tame all kinds of birds, reptiles, and animals, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. We can begin to tame our tongue and refrain from lies when we were filled with love for others in the Holy Spirit. So lies are not who we are deep down. This goes back to us being embodiments of God's love and light. How can we be embodiments of him if we're telling a lie? And again, he hates this because this hate um, is hate for the rattlesnake or the sin or Satan trying to steal our eternal souls away from So the third thing God hates are hands that shed innocent blood. And why, why would that be something he hates? Because that is his child killing another child. But you don't just kill somebody by physically murdering them. You can kill them by bitterness and by the venom of, of hatred and When we murder each other, we take each other's life, and that can be the life of your spirit, and that can be the life of your body. Um, Once again, is that our true nature? Killing each other, taking each other's life? Technically, we don't have the power to take someone's life, and someone may push back with the fact that, oh, I can do anything. Well, Paul says, yes, you can do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Um, Another thing is that we act out of emotion when we're angry, and that's not a trait of God. A trait of God is, is patience, and it's easy to act out of emotion um, when we get into that state because it kind of overtakes our wisdom that comes from God because we have this attribute that's not from Him that's sort of taking over us, and if we give energy to it, it will 
reap a harvest of sorrow and shame. And God will hold these people accountable. Um, so number four, the fourth thing that God's hate is a heart that devises wicked schemes. And a heart that devises wicked schemes really breaks God's heart. Um, so a thought is sown in the mind before its harvest is reaped by actions. So man and law, they look at actions. Law tells you about your actions, but God looks at the heart. The heart, I've done a podcast on this, is your invisible person. It transcends space and time. God looks at your heart. The heart contains your mind. The state of your heart will directly affect how you think. The heart full of evil, whether it's evil from trauma, temptation, evil desires, sinful entertainment, these things seep their way into your heart like poisonous dark goo that chokes the eternal life right out of your soul. God wants your heart to be how he created it to be, pure and lovely. So who are you without a body, essentially? If we were to strip you out of all your physical appearances and all that we're left worried, the thoughts that you have and the things that you imagine and the, and the, the plans that you scheme, what would it be? Would it be a beautiful sight? Would it be a nutritious fruit, a beautiful fruit that you would eat and enjoy, or would it be something that makes you sick and brings life? So the fourth thing God hates is a heart that devises wicked schemes. And how do you transform your heart is by reading his word. So number five, the fifth thing God hates are feet that are swift to run to evil. If you're quickly running to participate in someone and that's, that activity is bringing you joy, what does that mean? That means you want to in your heart, because your heart is where your want comes from. Um, the things that you truly desire come from your heart, and everybody's heart is different. Everybody wants different things. Um, so w if you're swiftly running to evil, that means it's something that your heart wants. <clears throat> and that is uh, very troubling to God, because that means that you your heart is desiring something other than him. And it's not a selfish, a selfish love that he wants you to desire him. It's because he's the one that created life, because he's the one that made the universe. If you ask yourself the question, who created God, and that sends you down into a spiral, this, he just is. This is just how it is. But it's amazing because he loves you more than anything in the universe. So number five, he hates Feet that are swift to run to evil because that means that you want to do those things and that breaks his heart. Um, number six is sort of the same thing, is a false witness who spreads lies. And this just ties into all of them. If you're ruining somebody's life, that's essentially murder because you're taking somebody's life, their spirit life away from them and their physical life from the stress. It's really, it's essentially murder um, is what he's saying. And then number seven <clears throat> this is the one that he hates the most, is one that sows discord amongst brethren. And if you just give me a second to get back to my page. Okay. The number one thing God hates is someone who sows discord among brethren. Brethren. Isn't it true that we are um, all brothers and sisters? That we are part of a holy family? Yet, Inside our hearts, we desire to sow these seeds of discord amongst each other. What is discord? 
Um, some words that describe discord are strife, conflict, friction, lack of harmony, dissonance. Um, but why would this be the one that he hates the most out of all of them? And the answer is simple, and it goes back to our analogy again. We are his children, and he is our father. He created us to live in harmony with one another. We are a holy family, like I said again. And this is a timely message, I think, with what has been going on um, in our country and all over the world. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter what we look like. And I could say that over and over again. And I think that it's a signature of Satan to try to uh, drive a wedge in between us, brothers and sisters, holy family together. And especially the topic of race now with, with the word getting thrown out and so much happening, it just gets us very emotional very quickly. And, and Satan knows if he can manipulate our emotions, then he can get us to act out of emotion and he can get us to refrain from using God's wisdom to guide our actions in truth. So the truth is, and this is from Vody Bauckham's uh, Racial Reconciliation uh, sermon that he says, skin color is an arbitrary feature. Like we can, humans kind can reproduce with any other human on the earth. That means Asians can reproduce with Europeans, Africans can reproduce with South Americans. It doesn't matter what human, you can still have a child. So we are part of the same human race. That is an arbitrary feature, and it's not based on character. It's not based on the things that you do. It's based on what you see. And again, man looks at the appearances, but God looks at the heart. So why is this something that he hates the most? Because we need each other in life. And if Satan can sow this discord and this hate within our holy family and get us to separate, then we're easy, easy, more, we can be attacked more easily. It's, it's the strategy of lions when they hunt, they try to get the animal by itself. Why? Because it's easier to be attacked. And the whole point of us being attacked is so that we can't have eternal life. But why would somebody be fighting for that? It's because we're that special we're that special that somebody, it's a matter of life or death, whether I have life or death. But he doesn't want you to be aware. So the awareness of, hey, this person is trying to sow discord amongst us. And what's the truth is that we're a holy family and we're all brothers and sisters. And that family unit has... Um, Love that has no boundaries or no conditions, unconditional love. So if we're really, he's afraid, Satan's afraid of us knowing that fact. So um, let's see what I have next. Um, forgiveness. Forgiveness is setting yourself free from an apology someone does owe you. And we've all hurt, uh, we've all hurt each other and can you imagine if we were all keeping tabs on each other like, you did this to me, I needed forgiveness. Oh, but I did this to this person and this person needs forgiveness, but I'm still holding, forgive, holding unforgiveness against this person. Well, Jesus already took all that. 
Jesus forgave us and the whole human race for every sin, past, present, and future. And you're telling me I can't forgive this person of what they've done over here. So anyone who does not preach forgiveness, run from their teaching because they're not teaching you the eternal word of the one who made us. And I just want to end with Galatians 3, 28. This is a letter from Paul. He says, there is no Jew or Gentile, black or white, neither slave nor free, neither male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. We all have a job to do. God made us who we are for a reason. And I said that was the last thing, but Peter said also that we are temporary residents of the earth. Just wanted to remind you guys of that. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music at the Rama Podcast. Thanks. Take care. Bye.